Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. We are in week five of our series, Summer in the Psalms. And if you guys wouldn't mind opening your Bibles and getting out your smartphones, we are going to look this morning at Psalm 32. So as we prepare our hearts for the word this morning, can we say together our uh, prayer that we say every week? It'll be here up on the screens for you. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're going to talk about the joy of forgiveness. The joy that enters our life, not when we forgive others, but when God forgives us. And so in order for us to do that, I thought that I might as well go ahead and start this morning off with repenting. So that's what I'm going to do. Oh, ooh, I have everyone's attention. <laughs> like people on live stream just turned it up. They leaned in on the screen. So Ryan has been gone this week. Oh yeah, no, I'm going there. So Ryan's been gone this week in Puerto Rico. And so I had the privilege of taking over his Wednesday night Bible study um, for the week. He has one more week of it. It meets downstairs in the cafe. And so it's an incredible book. Um, uh, Don't let the enemy sit at your table. And it's just wonderful. But if any of you know my husband, he is extremely detail-oriented, like organized and has a plan and everything like this is for this allotted minutes and this and that and this. And if you know me, (laughs) I am not that way. So he calls me on Wednesday from Puerto Rico to give me the step-by-step outline of everything that I'm supposed to do in the small group. He has no idea what I'm about to say. So I... Did I mention I have the attention span of like a snail? So I'm sitting on the phone with him and I'm halfway through the conversation. I realize that I'm saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm not listening to a word he is saying. Not a single thing. And so we get to the end of the conversation and he says, you got that? To which I replied, yep. Sure do, babe, which I didn't. So I'm here to repent. <laughs> so it goes on from there because then I realized, like, I, I have the study. I, I, I read the book. I, I watched the video. I did all these things. But I have no idea. I know how I would do a small group. But you know when you're stepping in the place of somebody else, you want to do it the way they would kind of have the outline what everybody's used to. So as it gets closer and closer to seven o'clock at night, I begin to break out in a cold sweat because I realize that these precious people that come every week to an extremely organized Bible study are in for a rude awakening. So I literally was walking by and I told Gloria as I was walking by, please pray for me tonight. I'm so nervous. Well, she had no idea the reason why I was nervous because I didn't know how I was supposed to do this. So finally, we get started. It's like 7.03, and I was like, guys, 
I have to tell y'all something. I have no idea how Ryan runs this small group, so y'all are going to have to help me. Can I tell you, those precious people just led me step by everything I'm sure. He told me on the phone, right, the details of it. He led me, they led me step by step of doing the small group. And I just felt like this morning it would be great to come to you, Ryan, and and repent. Um, And also let you know that the dog slept on your pillow all week. And I let Journey eat whatever she wanted on your side of the bed. So, listen, y'all, the joy of forgiveness. The freedom of getting those things off of your chest. The burden that it has been all week. Turn to Psalm 32, because David's going to talk to us a little bit about the joy of forgiveness. Let's start in verse one. Oh, the joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Just for a moment, friends, remember what you were in before and who you are now. Oh, the joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven. Verse two, yes, what joy for those who record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Can we praise the Lord for that? Go ahead and just praise the Lord for your sins being forgiven. Oh, the joy that we get to live in complete honesty. Just like last week in Psalm 1, Psalm 32 is considered a beatitude psalm. Some uh, versions of scripture says, blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. Oh, the joy. Oh, the blessing that comes when we are forgiven of our sins. King David wrote this psalm in response to a sin in his life. We know that he wrote Psalm 51, which was actually the psalm of repentance. But here in Psalm 32, this is a psalm of praise. That he wrote and penned Psalm 51 as a way to repent of his sins. But it didn't stop there. This was the second psalm he wrote after his sin with Bathsheba. In 2 Samuel uh, 11, chapter 11, we find King David at the height of his influence and reign. And so this week, I encourage you to go back and read through 2 Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12. Because here we see David, that instead of going out to war, he stayed home. And he puts his eyes on a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. He commits sin with her, gets her pregnant, and trying to cover it up, he had her husband killed. Sin. At the height of his influence and reign, where people were singing his praises, This is the same King David that on the backside of the mountain wrote psalms of praise to the Lord. He finds himself complacent. 
So friend, if anything, we have to know that this psalm isn't just for those that have never known Christ, but those of us that maybe have walked with him for years, have written the psalms of the Lord on our heart and have declared his goodness, that we also too need to ask for repentance. And so he finds himself in this sin with Bathsheba. He has an affair with her. He gets her pregnant and then kills her husband. The second part of this psalm, he shares what he was going through during this time. Verse 3 says, when I refuse to confess my sin, this is David. See, he starts out with, oh, the joy of those whose sin has been forgiven. He's already written his psalm of repentance. And now he's giving his testimony. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, the hand of, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. What we need to know about 2 Samuel 11 and 2 Samuel 12, when Nathan the prophet comes before King David and begins to tell him his sin, one year has passed. For one year, David thought his sin was covered. He thought he had gotten away with it. In fact, he had literally thought he had made it right in the law of the Lord because he married Bathsheba. But for one year, his body was racked with pain. Can I tell you, unrepentant, listen, if you are sick in your body, do not take it that you have sin in your life. And if you are not whole and healthy, don't take it that you don't have enough faith in your life. Listen, friends, unrepentant sin will keep us awake at night. It will rack our bodies with pain. Our minds begin to become corrupt and under thinking, oh, I got away with it, but I don't feel clean. You know, I, I, don't, I don't have this. I, I made it right, but did I repent? There's a difference between making it right and repenting because we can't make our sin right. There is no work here on earth that we can do to make our sin right. In fact, the only way our sins can be forgiven is if we walk before the all-knowing almighty God and repent of our sins. David here had tried to make it right, but still he refused to confess his sin. His body hurt. He groaned. Day and night he felt the weight of discipline laying on him. Listen, friends, God loves us too much to not lean in on us when we have sin in our life. If you feel the weight, we learned Wednesday night the difference between condemnation and conviction. And knowing that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is that leaning God does. That weight he lays on. He doesn't do it to make us beneath or, or he does it to push us to a place of humility and surrender so we can give it over to him. But friend, when we repent, there is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. And David feels it here. After that year of pain in his life, he pins verse five. Finally, 
I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. We cannot hide our sin from God. He sees it all. So we might as well be upfront and honest about it. You know, here we believe one of our core values is that we want to live a life of transparency, that we don't want to live life with the mask on, that we are who God says we are, that we can be real, that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way, that God has called us to more that he desires the reason why he sent his son on the cross to die for our sins is so we could have eternal life with him, but also so we could have a freedom and a joy on this earth that is unspeakable and full of his glory. Finally, I confessed my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. David said, I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. I was listening to um, Dr. Tony Evans this week, and there was a clip. I posted it on my Instagram this morning, actually. Um, He's just an amazing, Ryan and I were talking about him this morning, just an amazing man of God, full of the word. And he talked about, he was talking about the prodigal son and how, you know, the prodigal son wasn't forgiven of a bad mistake or a habit. He was forgiven of sin. May we never sugarcoat what's going in our life as just a bad habit or a mistake. Because friend, I can erase a mistake with the end of my pencil when I'm taking a test. But there is no erasing from myself of my sin. Instead, it has to be covered by the blood of Christ. So don't make an excuse. Listen, God is big enough to handle our sin. He is good enough to to forgive us of our sin as we honestly present it in front of him. And that's what David did. And no matter who you are or what you've done, no matter who I am or what I've done, our sins can be forgiven. Verse 6 David starts with the blessing, the declaration of, oh, the joy of those who have been forgiven. Then he goes on to his testimony. And in verse six, he starts to encourage those of us around him. Verse six, therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Friend, can I tell you, godly people still sin. Oh, that should be like a comfort because godly people still sin. Here's the difference. They don't have the absence of sin in their life, but they have a different attitude toward the sin. See, godly people, we still sin. We are still fallen nature. We are still humanity. There There is no good in humanity. There is only good in God. And godly people still sin. We just have a different attitude of it. And can I tell you, we don't just hate the sin in other people's lives. We hate it in ourselves as well. (laughs) Godly people, we hate our own sin. We hate it. We don't hide it. We don't cover it. 
But instead, it says that we run to God. Verse 7, for you are my hiding place, oh God. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with psalms, songs of victory. That if we want to live a godly life, it doesn't mean that we have the absence of sin, but we are consistently repenting and allowing the conviction of the Holy Spirit to deal with our sin. So David pins this psalm, a beatitude song, starting with the blessing of the joy to be forgiven. Friend, if you haven't felt joy the joy of the cleansing blood of Christ. Today is your day. He goes on from that to giving his testimony. Well, friends, we don't need to be scared of our testimony. We don't need to be, because we have been forgiven. That's why it's a testimony. Listen, if you're in the process of working through Find one person. Let them be. It says we learned on, on, on Wednesday night that we are to confess our sins one to another. But once you have become an overcomer, listen, David's sin has been written for millions of people to read. How would you like if the Tallahassee Democrat on the front page wrote out your sin? We don't even want, we don't want people in the next row to know our sin. But David had it written out for millions of people to read because of this. It was a testimony. I have sinned and now I am forgiven. For you, O oh Lord, are my hiding place. He goes from speaking his testimony of guilt and pain to the confession of his sin. Then he encourages us to do the same. And then he moves in to a prophetic writing. And he says, the Lord says in verse 8, oh, now it's time to open up our ears and hear what the Lord is saying. Once our sins have been repented of and admitted and laid down at the cross of Christ, they have been covered by the blood of Christ. Now it is time, oh friend, to turn your ear to heaven and hear that the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. I will advise you. I will watch over you. If you have not heard the blessing of the Lord in a few days, Listen, friend, turn your ear because he is telling you, I've got your pathway. I've got your future. We just sang this morning that he is writing our story. Our story is not done. No matter what we have done in our past, our story is not finished. There are over 8,000 promises from God for us in his word. If there's no other reason to read the word of God, it's this. There are 8,000 promises to you in his word, and this is one of them. The Lord will guide you along the best pathway for your life. We cannot receive the guidance and advice that the Lord has for us if we have unrepentant sin in our life. Listen, friend, I'm going to say that again. 
We cannot receive the guidance and advice that the Lord has for us if we have unrepentant sin in our life. There's a block. He's ready. He says that he'll be with us in the very depths of hell if we decide to make our bed there. He is with us. But to hear the whisper of the voice of the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I want my spirit to be connected to your Holy Spirit. I want to hear what words you have to say. I want you to lead me along your path. Verse 9 says, don't be like the senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. David sums up the psalm this way. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All you who obey him shout for joy. All you whose hearts are pure. Rejoice, my friend. Shout for joy that your sins have been forgiven. Friend, it is time. It is time that we actually step into the joy that the Holy Spirit desires to produce in our life. That we are no longer held down by condemnation and sin and shame and guilt. But we recognize that we have heard the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he, not us, he has made us right with him again. And so now it's time to shout for joy. I want to give you three insights that I found in this beautiful psalm, and then I'm closing. And the first one is this. Friend, stay teachable. Stay teachable. We see in verse 3 and 4 that David refused to be taught. Listen, he had learned the scripture. He knew the scripture, but he was not teachable to the Holy Spirit. In fact, he was probably making excuses for why he committed the sin. She shouldn't have been out there anyway. He probably had a list of people to blame for what was going on in his life. Have you ever been there? I know I have. Where there has been sin in my life and I try my best to point out everyone else for the reason why I have unforgiveness in my life. If they hadn't treated me that way, I wouldn't be feeling this unforgiveness and bitterness towards them. If he hadn't acted that way, I wouldn't be angry. If If she hadn't said that to me, I wouldn't have been offended. There comes a time in our Christian walk with the Lord that we stop looking around at everybody else who caused our sin and instead take responsibility, allow ourselves to be teachable and say, Lord, I can't change what they've done, but in here, it is not right. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know, for you know you can trust those who taught you. David knew the stories. 
he didn't stay teachable. It no longer could teach him right and wrong. Friend, first, stay teachable. Second, embrace humility. Verse five, when David confessed, he humbled himself before the Lord. He said in verse five, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Listen, friends, it took Nathan the prophet to come before him one year later. For one year, the Lord was dealing with David and then God brings the prophet in front of him. Those that are close to him. See, David could have dismissed Nathan, but he had already had relationship with Nathan. Nathan had spoken the word of the Lord to David continual times. He trusted the word of the Lord in Nathan. Friend, have people around you that can say, you know, I, I don't think that, that that might not be the path God has for you. Listen, we talked about last week taking the advice of the wicked. Not everybody that, you know, listen, not everybody that I see or meet, I take advice from. Right? Like, that's not biblical. But it is to have two or three around you that can speak truth in your life, that you can confess your sins one to another. And if you haven't confessed your sin in a minute and they come to you and say, hey, 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 I, I'm seeing this and I don't want you to go down this path of destruction. In order for us to confess our sins. Colossians 3.12 says this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility. A surrendering to the Lord. Even Jesus told us in Matthew 11.29, he said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, may we be like our Savior. The first thing is to stay teachable. Secondly, embrace humility. And third, remain obedient. In verse 11, David declares again that we have been forgiven. And he says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All, ye, all you who obey him, remain obedient to his word. What he writes in his word is truth. John 14, 21 says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones that love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. Do you want the revelation of who Jesus is in your life? Remain obedient to his word. We cannot see him apart from his word. Friends, this morning, do you feel the joy of the Lord? Or do you feel the heaviness of the hand, the precious hand of God, your Father, laying on you to repent? Are you burdened and broken from the sin in your life? Are you struggling with the sin of unforgiveness? 
of anger, of lying, of lust, of complacency. What is the sin in your life? Don't make excuses for it. Come before your heavenly Father and share, he already sees it, share as an open book what you are walking through, what you are dealing with, what you are struggling with, and what has you bound. Friends, it is time to change course of our life. I know you've heard this if you've been in church any times, but repentance is a 180. It's turning and going the opposite way. I heard a story this week about a woman who was walking down a city street. And as she walked down the street, looking at the beautiful sights of the city, she fell into an open pothole. The next day, she gets up and walking down the same street, she again fell into the same hole. Again, day three, she's walking down the street and falls into the same hole because now it's become a habit for her. Day four, she is determined not to do the same thing. So walking down the street, she creeps around the side to not to miss the hole. Day five, she takes another street. It's time for us to take another path. Do we continue to walk down when I know this is going to trip me up? I know that that pothole, I know that that sin that so easily entangles me is down this road. Do I skirt around it or do I find a new way to walk? C.S. Lewis said this in his case, in the case for Christianity, we all want progress, but progress means getting nearer and nearer to the place you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turn, then then go for, uh, sorry. And if you have taken a wrong turning, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you are on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man who turns back the soonest makes the most progress. It is time to turn our back to the old way that we've done things. It is time to stop making excuses. Well, this is a new theology. Friend, this word has not changed. I am... I am so done. This word has not changed. And I'm sorry that it doesn't fit in the sin that we want to commit. But we have a choice to either live in the freedom of his word or to live in the bondage of our sin. It's time to take a new road. It's time to take a new path. This week, as I've been praying for this service, I prayed that this altar would become a place of repentance and deliverance. That this week is your week. Don't live in the bondage of depression anymore. God is dealing with you. Listen.
He doesn't want you to live that way anymore. He has so much, but his son died, not just for eternity, but for a life here on earth that is abundant and full of joy. Friend, today is your day. This morning, they're going to sing an entire song. We're going to worship the Lord. But if you need a place of repentance, if you need a place of deliverance, I encourage you, don't be ashamed, because we all do. I found mine this week. We all need that place. We all need that place where we can come before the Lord and ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And today's your day. Now is your time that tonight you will lay your head on your pillow free free of the condemnation free of the words of the enemy that you aren't good enough that you, God can't use you listen that's a lie from the pit of hell but the only way he can use us is if we are repentant before him we humble ourselves before him this morning can you stand and as they sing before we invite our altar team forward I want to let you know that this is a place of repentance. This is a place of deliverance. Father, right now, as we, as we begin to humble ourselves before you and embrace the loving kindness that only Heavenly Father you can give, prick our hearts for the things that are not like you that, Lord, we can leave this place free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.